0: And she is a stay at home mom of, of three children. Right now, I feel like I'm kind of there too because my oldest lives with her dad. So I'm like, this is a weird transition to have just three of them at home. Um, she's a military veteran. And we just, uh, one of our community members just wrote a whole blog post about how we need to be thankful to the female veterans as well as the male veterans. So thank you for your service. Oh, yes. Um, and she's a, she's a naval aviator spouse and certified holistic health coach. Throughout the last decade, She had struggled with ups and downs of weight loss and living a healthy lifestyle until finding her balance through whole food nutrition. She graduated from the prestigious Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York City to become an online holistic health coach and to support and share the amazing possibilities of health and wellness for women all over the world. So Eleanor, from talking to you and knowing a little bit about you and reading your bio, health has not always been an easy thing for you. So share with us a little bit about your journey with your health journey, like the ups, those ups and downs. Women need to know it's, it is not
1: easy. It's definitely something you have to work on. Yeah. And I feel like um, it's not an intuitive thing until you understand it. Um, And that's what, I mean, I, everybody knows what's healthy. Everybody knows a salad is way better than a bowl of ice cream But the struggle is why we're not choosing the healthy things. And for me, um, it was the wake-up call, because throughout my 20s and when I was in the service, um, I was okay. I wasn't super healthy, but I wasn't necessarily overweight either. And I just kind of ate what I wanted and did what I wanted. And then um, throughout when the pregnancy started happening, and um, I feel like the focus was on taking care of everybody else. Um, I kind of woke up one day like, Oh my gosh, how did I get here? I'm 60 pounds overweight from this pregnancy. I feel like I've lost my identity as the person I used to be because now I'm this mom and I'm a spouse and I'm trying to hold it all together. And I couldn't really, I, I was grasping. And, um, so what I grasped was um, being obsessive about what I was eating, and um, every at the time the biggest fad was the South Beach Atkins diet. Around that time, when it became really popular, and it's a really effective way to lose weight. And I and I did it to a T, and um, I uh, worked out all the time, and I, I I did it to a point where I was exhausting my body and my mind just for this. Fantasy of being healthy and I never really woke up one morning. I'm like, oh, hey, I feel healthy It turned into an obsession to the point where I would deny myself of things that I really enjoyed at the sacrifice of this I'm putting quotes up but like this healthy vision that I had and Looking back. I feel so sorry for that person and that that mother because I can identify that identify with those feelings. And it's it's very sad because I wish I had somebody that could just lend me a helping hand and say, you know, it's okay, let's figure this out together. So um, that's a little bit about the downs. Um, and the ups was after my third pregnancy, I mean, I had just had enough. I was exhausted with the battle and the, the picking the clothes in the closet. And I mean, I would be in tears, I would, I would obsessively go running. Um, I ran a half marathon and trained for one. And I'm not a runner, you know, but self-admittedly, I'm not a runner. And my husband, bless him, um, you know, went through all of this with me and he would deploy and come home and I'm this completely different person. I will have lost 60 pounds. I've got these children and, but I'm all scrambled up top because I have no self-confidence, even though. I got into the genes that I promised myself I would get into for homecoming. And these ideas of tangible um, milestones that I'm like, if I just reach this, that will be the point where I'm healthy. And that never happened until one day I was just like, I need to figure out what is going on with my body. Why do I not love myself the way I see other people glowing with this confidence? And I went to nutrition school and little by little, lesson by lesson, I started to learn that this wonderful body that has been given to me has created three other lives Mm -hmm. and has influenced so many other people that I need to use that. I need to use my voice and I need to use my story to reach these people that are hurting or suffering because it's not necessary.
0: I love that. You could have basically been, uh, describing my health journey oh, in your beginning, really? because I literally in the beginning, I found myself, um, after having my twins. So after my twins, I breastfed twins. and I, I was really sick with them. So I didn't gain a lot of weight. I didn't gain as much as they wanted me to gain. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Uh, so when I, I got done, oh, I had the twins. I started breastfeeding. I have, lo- I lost all the baby weight. Right. But I started gaining it all back. You know, yeah. I I didn't know what I was I didn't know what to do because I I never been somebody that exercised. I exercised intermittently anytime I thought I needed to lose weight because that's how yeah. I I was brought up. You only exercise and eat right when you want to lose weight. Yep. Well, then um fast forward to the twins were about they were about 2 years old and we went to an uh, our uh, Halloween party and I was fluffing right out of my Halloween costume, right? I had like this little gut that I was like so afraid of. And I decided that next year I was going to start my health and fitness journey. And I became obsessed, obsessed so much so that we would go and eat my, at my in-laws house. And I would need to look at the labels of the food to see what was in it. I would need to know exactly what was being made. Like it was obsessive. Like, and I found out that actually is an eating disorder, being obsessed about what goes in your mouth.
1: And I I remember a similar, um, I turned a group of friends down for a girl's night out because I know they were going to a restaurant and they were going to be drinking. And I'm like, that doesn't fit in with my calorie count for today. So I can't go.
0: Yeah. Or, or I've turned down going to restaurants because I didn't know how the food was made. What was in it. Right. I, I didn't know what was in it. It was obsessive. And I had lost a lot of weight, scary, way more weight than I really needed to lose. Uh, I was probably like a good 20 or 30 pounds lighter than I am right now. And so I was like, you could see my collarbone sticking out. I was super tiny. Uh, And my husband was scared for me because he didn't know like, oh my gosh. And it took my mother-in-law. She was She's kind of abrasive, and she said something about my weight, which kind of snapped me, but it snapped me the other opposite end where I was that I was just eating everything, everything because i'm a stress eater I've worked on that a lot, and um, so then I thought I found this happy medium when I was a beach body coach, and I was doing all of these extreme workouts because beachbody has some really intense yeah. workout programs i tr- I trained and did a Spartan race, like I did all of this stuff and I started to feel like I didn't feel that high after work after working out anymore. I started feeling exhausted and yeah. my, I was no longer losing weight. And now instead my body was seemed like be fighting me. Instead it wanted to gain all the way back. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. And recently I just, you know, I was like, I'm just going to listen to my body. What does it need today? Well, maybe it needs yoga and yoga has been my thing for like the last, like six months And my body just needs that relax, that stretch, that good, flow of a workout versus being extreme. You know, what, what does my body feel like it needs to eat today? So that sounds like a lot of what you're talking about. Tell us a little bit about that,
1: about that intuitive
0: point of things. It's
1: so amazing that you, you are listening because so many of us aren't listening. Like I remember not 10 years ago when I would be hungry and I would say, well, it's only like you know, ten thirty. Lunch isn't. I'm not meeting friends to lunch till one. I don't need to. Eat, like, I'm not going to eat now. Why would I eat more calories and then ruin my lunch or this whole? Remember, your mom used to say, "Don't ruin your dinner if you were hungry." So, the intuitive part comes in when your body is very smart and it's very adaptive. So when it gives you the signal that you're hungry, it's telling you that it needs something, whether it's, um, you know, it needs iron or it needs protein or it needs carbs. And as you get better at fine tuning, you can identify the cravings too. Not just, oh, I want a candy bar, but like I, I need sugar. Maybe it's, you know, natural sugar, um, or I need iron or protein because, um, those are the things that your body requires at the time to keep, um, operating efficiently. So hopefully that wasn't too convoluted.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I really want you to share with, um, everybody in the, that's listening is what kind of things can affect that intuitive nature, right? There are certain things that we can, we do to ourselves that affect us being able to be intuitive about what our body needs.
1: Right. So, yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. And the common thing that I've talked to most women about is they just say, I had the sweet tooth and I just can't um, do anything until I've satisfied that craving. Well, let me tell you that if we break down that sugar craving, because I've worked with a lot of women on this, it's your brain sends a signal and it is a like legitimate chemical signal. It is not something that your mind, you just dream up or people have this lofty thing. Like if I can say no, I'll say no. Like it's more than that. And that's why you see people addicted to all kinds of crazy things, drugs Mm -hmm. and you know, cigarettes and things that aren't good for them, but they know it's not good for them, but they need it because it is a chemical signal that your brain puts out. So it's saying, I want something sweet and I want it now. And so what do you do? You turn that into, oh, well, my brain's saying I need a, like, a hot fudge sundae. And I've got the ice cream in the freezer, so I'm going to just go down and make something real quick. The thing is, after two bites of whatever it is, the craving is satisfied. Believe it or not, your brain, so the, the chemicals that you ingest, like it gets put through your bloodstream and back up to the brain. It says, see, this is the sugar you were asking for. This is it. So after that, it's a choice, okay? It's always a choice, but to to satisfy that craving, now you're just indulging after that point. So what I suggest for the intuitive part, it's like you understand that that's happening and that's the intention that you have. My intention is to finish this Sunday because I want it. That's fine. But if you just mindlessly do it because you feel like, well, my brain's telling me to do it and I have no control over anything else, then that leads to the guilt, shame and regret. And those are the feelings that bring down our self-esteem and our confidence and keep us at that level of not being productive and not wanting to get healthy. So it's actually mending those feelings by having intent on what you're eating. So, um, so that's kind of the intuitive thing. It's you're making the connection that, yes, my body is asking me for something. Now, the other thing I suggest when people have the the sugar cravings is eat something sweet, but it doesn't have to be chemically processed sugar. You can, and granted, you're not going to have, you know, a carrot when you want a sleeve of Oreos. That's just not realistic, is it? It's not. So you have something, you know, maybe cut up an apple and say, I'm going to have two or three slices of the apple, and then I'm going to get to the Sunday." I'm totally getting that Sunday. It's sitting right here on the counter. Because after those first two or three bites, when your brain is satisfied, your body's satisfied, then you're like, okay, now I, I don't really need it. I'll, I'll eat it. But I don't have that craving anymore. That's how you, that's how you deconstruct cravings.
0: One of my favorite things when I'm having a sugar craving is to cut up apples and then I have like a little bit of peanut butter and I add just a little bit of honey, not like a yeah. shit ton of honey, a little bit of honey. And I dip the apples in the, the peanut what? butter honey mix. It's so good. And wow. you know what? After like a couple of those slices of the apple with the peanut butter honey mix, I feel great. And I'm like, I'm good. And I don't feel bad that I, did. You, my, my husband's, this has, it's been a process obviously, and uh, Halloween just happened, so my husband has kept tons of our kids' Halloween um, candy. I only allow them have one piece a day for about a week, week and a half, and then it's done. Like the rest goes away, it gets thrown away. And he took a whole bunch and put it in the freezer. And about three or four years ago, that candy would not have lasted in my house because I would have ate, mm-hmm. ate it. Because I would have ate it because I would have felt I needed to. I would have felt like I needed to have that. And now, with paying attention to what I really do and do not need, I'm like. I really don't need that. I mean, obviously I did have some Kit Kats because I like Kit Kats. Of course. But after a couple of them, I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. That doesn't feel good anymore. Because I'm not used to eating like that. I'm not saying I never eat junk, but I'm not used to eating like that anymore. But I have, you know, I have found that, um, by tracing it back to the fact that I'm an emotional eater and it's something I have to work on on a consistent basis and know, like if I'm emotional and I feel like I need to eat, I really don't need to eat. I have to process my emotions. Is that anything that you work on with your clients?
1: Um, yeah. As far as the detaching emotion Mm -hmm. from your choice of food, and like you said you've got to find other ways to deal with your emotions but that's only because you've identified there's a connection so usually the the women that come to me are are um they haven't identified that yet so purely by just saying look you have an emotional reaction to x y and z and then you take the action so yeah i mean i working with women and getting them to understand like everything is a choice. So you can't blame it on this or that or this or that. You're the one that's choosing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the things that you're saying, it looks like that you've grown so much from that when we were, you know, twenties and teens and we could just do whatever we wanted with no consequence. And now like, you know, I see my parents and generation and older, um, really suffering from the choices that they made. And so, so I'm a champion to get people right now to realize right now you can change and it's not, it doesn't have to be deprived You don't have to say, I can no longer have Kit Kats ever again. It's, it's not like that. It's being intentional.
0: Yeah. For me, it, I've always said it's more about moderation, right? Instead of exactly. deprivation. Because if you ever go to yourself, I can't have that thing, your brain mm-hmm. automatically craves it, automatically wants it because it doesn't want you to tell, your brain does not want to hear, I can't have that. Absolutely. And, instead of saying like, okay, well, I can have that Kit Kat, but I'm not going to have all the Kit Kats," right? Yeah. I mean, I could have taken all the Kit Kats. That would have been lovely, but I would have made me very sick. <laughs> but yeah. instead, just saying, I'm going to have these couple Kit Kats, and then after that, that's done. And, you know, candy for me was over with for Halloween after that first night. I had those couple Kit Kats, I was good to go. Uh, Not like my husband who wants to hang on to the candy for like weeks on end. Cause I'm like, I just, I want it out. Like I don't want it hanging around because we only have so much willpower, right? To work on this thing. So tell us a little bit about that, about the willpower, like working against ourselves in that manner.
1: Well, again, it's all you. So we, we as women and moms and spouses, we build this drama in our own head. We build it, we create it, we feed it, and we let it overcome us. And um, so willpower will eventually give out. So if like you said, if if like I am no longer gonna have a Kit Kat, um, eventually you will. You absolutely will, if you have it available and so forth. Um, So I, I I don't put a lot of faith in willpower. I don't trust myself in that regard, because I can talk myself in or out of any behavior, mm-hmm. anything. So I don't put a lot of trust in that. I don't say, well, I know I'm going to say no if I'm out with friends and we're doing this and that. And like, I know it because I didn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're nodding your head, but yeah. So That's exactly like, I don't want to put myself in those positions. Like I almost look at myself as a different person. Like I don't want to put that on you to decide when you're having fun and then to be Debbie Downer and say, I don't want to participate. So participate, have fun, but be intentional. Yes. So for me, another thing that I used,
0: uh, I used to self-soothe is alcohol. So like in college, this, I developed this habit of self or soothing with alcohol because I am. Very much an introvert. And in college, I just have extroverted tendencies now, but I'm very much an introvert. And in college, I felt very uncomfortable being around a lot of people, but I wanted to fit in, right? I wanted everybody to accept me. I wanted to have friends. I've always been the kind of nerd, like, you know, where I didn't have a lot of friends. And so when I got into college, I got introduced to the bar scene. And I'm like, I could have all of these friends, these friends that are going to accept me. And alcohol became my liquid courage. Well, I got into this habit of, you know, not setting these boundaries with alcohol for myself. So I just would go off like the deep end. It would just like, it wouldn't just be one it'd be like a million. So now I have to be cognizant of if I'm going to go and I'm going to be around a lot of people drinking, there's a good chance unless I have like a really legitimate reason, like I have to be the DD or whatever, I'm going to drink, right? Yep but, it, but setting those limitations, like you said, like I drink, but maybe only having one or two, because when you don't send those limitations for yourself, sometimes it could be like, now I've had 20, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm getting carried to my bed, you That's, know, that sort of thing. And I, I feel like what you're saying is kind of the same way, especially with food, because it, you know, you go to the buffet, you see all this amazing food, you could literally eat until you Feel like you're going to puke, yep. but if you go into that buffet and say, "I'm going to allow myself to have one plateful of this amazingness," then that's going to be it, and, and and do it. You're not depriving yourself, but you're setting those limitations. So, right. what is one of the biggest struggles
1: that you see with the women you work with? Um, I guess I would say. Well, we talked a little bit about the emotional attachment because a lot of people don't realize that it's there, mm-hmm. but once you kind of bring it to the light. Um, you know, it's like a aha moment. You know, people are like, Oh, I do eat when I'm X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing that I want to get across is it's no longer like the old school thought of like, I want to be skinny. You know, I, I don't like that word because it doesn't equate to healthy. Yeah. It doesn't equate to a lifestyle. It equates to this image I have of you know, when I was 10 years old and I had, you know, my knees were knocking and I was teeny tiny because I didn't know anything about life. So skinny, that's the old. What it is now is how do I want to feel? Mm -hmm. How do I want to feel tomorrow? How do I want to feel five minutes from now? And the choice right in front of you should be first, how do I want to feel? How is this choice going to make me feel? And sometimes it's like the yay or nay, like it's going to make me feel bad, but I want it anyway. And that's okay. That is okay. Um, Because if you don't, then we get into that deprivation willpower thing. So if it's a, this is not going to, this is not going to support me. This is not going to be kind on my liver or my digestion system. I'm going to end up unbuttoning my pants and sitting in pain the rest of the night, which Thanksgiving is coming up. That's a common um, memory of mine is I would just eat until I wanted to puke, like you said. Um, But now it's how do I want to feel? Do I want to be passed out on the couch because I had like way too much and I don't want to eat ever again or with alcohol? I never want to have another drink again because I did it. And then being grateful for the choice that you made, whichever way it is i am grateful that i was able to make this choice and so those three steps like will eliminate all of that negative emotional drama and then you every choice has a beginning and an end you choose it you do it and then you're done you get the next choices coming down the line so you can control that and not linger or dwell or be sh- ashamed of, oh my God, I ate that whole pie last night. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. and then you just feel bad about yourself. I'm so this and I'm so that, and you beat yourself up. And like, that's not productive. That's not getting you to be the better person. So just say, I did it, not proud of it. I'm not going to do it again, but I did it. And now I'm going to go do something healthy.
0: I love that you're saying that because being grateful because most of us are not food addicts. Most of us do not have a problem, you know, like we don't, we are not bulimic or anorexic or have a a legitimate um, eating disorder, right? Most of us, is just, We emotionally eat, but that's something that can be rectified. You know, we might have an attachment to certain foods, but that's also something that can be rectified. Majority of us are perfectly capable of actually taking the actions that you're talking about to actually be cognizant of what's going on around us, like what food is going in us. And I hate the word skinny too. Because you can be skinny and be unhealthy, or you can be curvy and be healthy. Now, I'm not saying obese. I'm saying curvy and being healthy. Like, I know, yeah, I know, girl, I know some women who are a little bit thicker. And actually, uh, that's, that's our our, our build, right? We're meant to be. We are built to carry babies, to, you know, have a little bit more on us than men. That's why men can lose weight like that <laughs> because their bodies aren't are made to carry that weight. But we are, so it's a little bit harder for us to lose it. And I, I'm a true believer about finding your happy weight, right? The, thing, the, yes. the weight that you're not struggling to, <clears throat> to keep it off. Um, and you're, and you're not gaining like a crazy person. Like you're able to meet your maintenance weight. And a a lot of us think it's, it's way different than it really is. Like my maintenance weight in my head is probably like 15 pounds less than it actually is. But I found that happy weight where I don't have to worry about continuous weight gain and I don't have to worry about struggling to keep the weight off. Right. Right. And in, in finding that. So what do you, what do you find with women when it comes to weight? Like what is the biggest struggle that they have when it
1: comes to that number on the scale? So I'm glad you brought this up because it, uh, a few years ago, I I haven't weighed myself in, in years. Me either. I don't, I don't feel the need to, because what I was doing was it was a quantifiable way that I could either be proud of myself or hate myself. And most of the time, it wasn't the being proud of, unless I was doing something drastic. Um, and it is not necessary to do that. It's not. And it's funny because when I go to the doctor for a checkup or something, you know, and they say get on the scale, and I look at the number and I'm like, oh, I, okay, I am sort of surprised. Like, it's not higher or lower, it's just the number to me. And so, what I would say is, Buy the clothes you're comfortable in, that you look good in, that you feel confident in. And those are the clothes that you wear. And that's like, you don't have to be like, well, I have a pair of skinny jeans over here and I have a pair of like comfy jeans I'm going to wear after Thanksgiving. Like just have the one set, you know, know, you're going to have a couple pairs, but the one size That is your like your happy, healthy place. And if those start getting tight or uncomfortable, then you're like, okay, I need to start reevaluating what I'm doing. Because the number I feel for people, it's so different. You and I could have the same number and be completely two different worlds. So it I just wanna like tell you women out there, the number doesn't mean anything other than. If you've got a goal to be, uh, you know, if you're if you're really struggling and you need to lose a lot of weight for health reasons and you want to get healthier, that number is really just a gauge. Mm-hmm. But when you've reached that happy, healthy zone, which is what I what I work with women, I get them in that zone, and then they can relax and start looking around and enjoying the life that they've created for themselves, and that only comes with that inner peace of being. Okay with who you are and your body and the way you look. That only comes when you let go of all of that head drama that's self induced Mm -hmm. and it's perpetuated by you complaining about it to your friends and your mom and your sister and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, Oh, you know, I'm so fat. Or, you know, I I used to look at my my belly, I used to um, do a side view and just be like so disgusted. With the way that I looked until my daughter walked into the room one day and did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, my heart fell out of my body. And I, you know, I picked her up and I was just like, no, you are beautiful and you are healthy. I mean, she's only four. So she's just kind of like, what's going on? But it was a moment for me Mm -hmm. that I changed and I said, I will no longer disrespect myself or my body, even if it's just the thought. Even if it's just the seed of, man, that really looks bad on me. My butt looks so big or whatever. I don't let those feelings grow. I just Mm -hmm. say, you know what? Maybe this isn't the right cut for me, but I am beautiful and I am strong and I am an inspiration to other people. So I need to love me so that other people can love themselves. Let's be honest, we've had
0: kids, we're never going to have our 16-year-old body back. It's never going to (laughs) happen. I'm never going to be 20. I'm never going to be
1: 25. I'm yeah. never going to be 30. So
0: it's just never going to happen ever again. And we have That's to, okay. and yes. And we have to learn to love ourselves. And I love that you brought up about your daughter, uh, because I truly think that as women, we need to, whether you're a mom or you're not, but if you're around little girls, you need to show them what it's like to love your body, what it's like to enjoy your body and, and be mindful of what you're saying. And, and what you're reflecting to them, like pulling on your fat or yanking on your uh, your clothes or like being like, ugh, uh, because they pick up on that. Yeah. And it's hard enough as it is. I have a 14-year-old. It's hard enough for them as it is because now they have all these girls in their classes that are yeah. saying this stuff. Like my 14-year-old, she's gorgeous, okay? She's six feet tall, long blonde hair, blue eyes. She's like tiny. Like she's a little... Like we weighed, she, she got mad, um, when she was living with me and she said, mom, I weigh, I I don't remember what it was, but I'm like, I weigh the same amount that you do like the same amount. And I'm six inches shorter than you are. (laughs) Do you think I'm fat? And she said, no, I don't think you're fat, mom. I said, then why do you think you're fat? Like you're not, you're tall and you're beautiful. Like she's just a gorgeous girl and she's so intelligent. And she said, well, the, the girls in my class, you know they say they have, the same, they have the same weight as me and they say they're fat. These girls aren't her height, mind you. Right. Um, but there's such a focus on this number that we really, as women, have to stop talking about it. Stop talking about our weight. Stop, um, Especially in front of young girls because they pick up on that, right? Children don't learn to be mean to themselves or other people on their own. They learn it they through us. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, they watch it. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because – you know, it was heartbreaking to see this tall, beautiful girl who, who literally doesn't, she's not even close to being overweight at all. And seeing that she was fat because that's what she's hearing all day, every day. And I know when she was younger, she heard that from me. And I try really hard with the littler ones to reflect a better, happier, healthier mommy so that they don't, they don't hear that anymore. Like, like you said, I have a scale in my house. I don't remember the last time I weighed myself. I really don't. I, yeah. I, it's probably not been years but it's been a long time because that number is nothing i i gauge by like how well my clothes are fitting and i had to be realistic i had a pair of those black uh dress pants i've had since i was early days in college and i've been holding on to them because at my skinniest i fit into them but i wasn't healthy then um and i've been holding on to them like I, this way like someday i'm gonna be that skinny again and i'm like do I really want to be? Because that was very unhealthy of me. So this week I bought myself an actual pair of black dress pants that are my size and I don't feel like a freaking puff ball in them. Yeah, And I feel so much better. And I got rid of the other ones
1: because that's my size. That's my happy side. I'm proud of you. That's an amazing accomplishment. It took me 10 years to throw those skinny jeans away. Like I just, it was so freeing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: one thing I, I'd like to address with your daughter and even with you is one thing that you moms out there can do is express gratitude, express it. Say, I'm so grateful for this, whatever this body that I have. I'm so grateful. You know, this, this midsection, this created humans, you know, this, I was able to hold you and feed you and, and, and say these things out loud. I'm so grateful that you have such beautiful hair. You have your grandmother's hair, you know, and your grandfather's eyes. And you're just, you're such a gorgeous thing. And make them, you know, repeat it back to you or come up with something that they're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Because when you, when you shift to a um, attitude of gratitude, everything, all of the negativity cannot penetrate that mm-hmm. It cannot get because they just don't exist in the same place. So if you're coming from an attitude of gratitude and you're teaching that to other people, even when they're around the negativity, you know, she can stand up and say, you know, well, I'm grateful that I'm six feet tall because Mm -hmm. I get to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and things that will just empower these women and not just the status quo of, yeah, you know, this sucks and I'm fat and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like we don't need to perpetuate that.
0: I completely agree and I love the fact you said for her to be grateful for her height because a lot of times she gets picked on because she's so tall at 14 years old like not many people are six feet tall but when she lived with me she would be like she'd pick on me. She'd be like, don't worry, mom, I can reach that for you because I'm so tall. And I'm like, you must be grateful that you're so tall in my little short little six, five, go. six. I can't, I can't, I need a step stool to reach that. And she's like, I'm very grateful that I can reach things that you, you can't. Go. And she would, she'll tease me. She's just, she's such a lovely person. She really is. She's such a sweet girl. Um, it was really hard when she moved up with her dad, but she really likes that environment better. Like up there in upstate New York, it's a, it's not a city, it's a country and all of our friends and family live up there. So she's doing yeah. really well. And I'm, I'm really proud of her for that. But I agree having that attitude of gratitude, it's, it's hard. That's one of the things I teach, um with my uh, women empowerment coaching is that positive, positive thinking gratitude is a huge thing. When you have that gratitude, it is hard for negativity to, to penetrate that. And I want to really, really go back to, to moms. Cause I feel like it, it starts with us. Yes. Aunts and grandmas and, and other females that are around, but moms are who our children are reflecting, right? We're the, we're the ones I'm grateful. I, like you said, I'm grateful. Like sometimes my children will ask me like, why is that mark on your belly? You know, stretch marks. And I'll say, because it it expanded three different times to carry all four of you babies. How miraculous is that? Instead of being like, Oh, those are, those are stretch marks, you know, and trying to hide it and be ashamed. instead I'm like, that my belly expanded three different times. How amazing is that? That that did that. You know, really saying like that's a miraculous thing. It's a, growing children is a miraculous thing. Like if you really think about it on a on a really real level, like they grew from like two little tiny things to like yeah. these human beings. Yeah. Um. So I'd really like to hear what kind of tips that you have for moms uh, when it comes to reflecting more tips about like reflecting that positive, healthy uh, aspect for their, their children, not just the girls, but the boys too, because they need to know, like, this is how you want to treat women. And, and this is how you want to appreciate what a woman looks like. You don't want your sons to grow up and be like, my, my wife needs to be you know, in a size zero. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that, but like, you don't want that to be the, the goal.
1: <laughs> it doesn't have to be a standard. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, as far as that goes, particularly, and, I, and I'll get to the reflection in a second, it's, you know, and I'm teaching my children, you know, you love who you love. Mm-hmm. That could be a boy, that could be a girl, that could be, you know, and I've removed the stigma that yes. I grew up with just because I was the times. I mean, I grew up in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties and there was always this weird, like you can only like somebody that looks like this. Yeah. And I don't think, of course my parents didn't do it intentionally. That's just how society was. And I'm not you know, blaming anybody, but now I'm always very, um, I'm very honest. If they ever have a question, I never beat around the bush and I only answer the question they've asked. I don't need to go into the history of the civil war to get across my point. I just need to answer the question. Um, but as far as reflection, um, it was funny cause I was reading this thing yesterday and I said that, um, I forget how I put it. It was, um, you are an emotional boomerang. So you, if you're grumpy and you're negative, um, that is going to be coming back to you. You put that in the universe; the universe is going to give it to you right back. But conversely, if you are grateful and excited and thankful and um, positive, and you uplift your neighbor because they're feeling down, you know you're put you're creating this energy that um, will be returned to you. And I love to see that in my kids. Like if I'm in a bad mood within an hour, everybody's in a bad mood,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: know it, and I can see it happening, and I'm like, oh, I need to stop this before it grows, and a lot of times I don't get to it in time, and um, other there's other times when I'm like, hey, let's all go do something, and everybody say something that, that made them smile today, you know, and they're all kind of like, oh, well, this, that, you know, and so it, you are a reflection of your behaviors and what you choose to eat, Like my, my son um, actually came up to me the other day and he's like, Oh mom, do you want one of my Reese's cups out of my Halloween bag? You know, I said, Oh no, thanks. You know? And he goes, but they're your favorite. And I said, yeah, I just, I'm good. And he said, well, that's because you live a healthy lifestyle. I mean, he's seven, which is adorable, but I'm like, yeah, because I had my candy when, when I had it and now I don't need it. And it dawned on him that he's like, yeah, I guess I, I mean, of course as a kid, so, um, he's not, you know, quite as, <laughs> as far along as us, but um, he watched my actions is the point. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it wasn't a big teaching moment, but I know it meant something to him cause I could see his wheels turning of like, why wouldn't anybody eat candy? If it was if it's right in front of them, like, it doesn't make sense. But after time he notices, I don't drink soda. I don't drink juice. I don't eat, you know, we all go for dessert. I rarely have one. And if I do, it's fine. I'll have a bite of somebody's. But And it's not because I'm sitting there in the corner with my hands crossed going, no, I can't have that because it's 500 calories and there's this many grams of sugar, in which I used to do. Um, but it's me being grateful for I'm full. My stomach is full. I am satisfied. And I'm grateful for that feeling.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think it also is about like not shaming our kids about food, right? Because when I was going through my crazy phase, trust me, it was bad. Um, I did do that. But now when my kids, my kids know what's healthy. They take a salad to school for lunch. But they also, we've also had conversations like they'll ask, why can't we eat the lunch at school? I said, well, sometimes the lunch at school, remember, it made your belly really upset. It did my twins had the worst reaction to eating school food forever. And I realized it's because it was a lot of processed crap. But, you know, when we have these conversations, they know it's not all or nothing, right? They know that we still sometimes order pizza and that's okay, but we don't have pizza every day. We don't even have it every week. Right. And, and we, when we have it, they get excited. They know it's a treat. It's not an everyday thing. It's a treat, but it's not a reward.
1: Yes. So that's another thing. It can't be a reward or a punishment because that instills feelings of, um, competitiveness and it's just not understanding your body. So sorry to cut you off, but- Oh no,
0: you're fine. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yes. Having it as a treat and versus a reward. I'm not saying like, if I lose 10 pounds, I get to have pizza. No, I'm, (laughs) I'm like- I'm going to have pizza because I want pizza right yeah. now, you know, versus Actually, that's like, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to me, it doesn't today, but there's definitely days that I'm like, mm, you know, and it's usually those times that we'll order it is, you know, when I, when we, we want it. And that sounds like a good idea, uh, versus like my kids knowing like, or thinking like, Oh, pizza's bad. Or this is bad. Or that's bad. We go to a birthday party. I'm not going to sit there and tell them, no, you can't have that cake and you can't sure. eat that thing. And you can't do this. We don't go to birthday parties every day. You know, that little they don't have food allergies, so that little bit of whatever it is, it's not
1: going to kill them. Yeah. You know? And, and if like they need to be exposed. They need to be well adjusted. Yes. They need to be able to make the choice. My son knows that after a second piece of cake, even though he wants it, he has a tummy ache. He knows yes. he's seven years old. And I always tell him, You you have the seven cake because you chose this. I agree.
0: And you know what, They're, they can be very intuitive as well, because if you're feeding them relatively healthy, majority of the time, when they do have stuff that's not so healthy, if they have too much, they are going to feel it. And when they feel that, that's a learning lesson for us to say, you know, you ate a little too much cake, or you ate a little too many chips, or you had too much juice or whatever it is. And that's why, because, you know, the juice has a lot of sugar, or this has a, you know, and it's a learning lesson for them. But we are running out of time. So I do want to wrap it up with if you could leave my audience with one thing or a generalized idea of, around health and, and how they should pursue it as women, um, what would you tell them?
1: Um, well, just yeah, wrapping up this 45 minutes or so. It uh, goes like that. <laughs> oh no, my gosh, it's like just chatting with a buddy. Um, No, I love it. Uh, I would say be intentional, like choose your choice and be okay with it because when you don't, um, the guilt, the shame, the fear, um, all of these feelings will keep you down in that area. But if you just go it, you can make the same choice, but when there's intent behind it, um, you will have a drastically different outcome. And I think you will um, eventually start um, choosing better because of that intention.
0: And how can people get a hold of you if they would like to get with your services and learn more about? living this kind of lifestyle
1: because that that's what you do. Tell them a, a little bit about yeah. what you do and how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. So I would love that. Uh, you know, I am trying to reach moms out there that have struggled and or are struggling. Um, so my website is be simple, healthy, well.com, but the easiest way to find me is on Facebook, um, Eleanor Dooley, either through my personal page or at my business page is holistic health from the military wife. So I try to include um, articles and I write a blog that gets posted on there. Um, Just I try to keep current and I try to keep engaged with what's going on. Um, I'm constantly reaching out to moms to find where they struggle so that I can create things to help them. Um, So um, if anybody out there would like just a little chat to see where you are, because a lot of people don't even know where they are they kind of are like, yeah, I'm just feeling bad or I'm feeling depressed and I would like to get healthy. But it's so far, um, a feeling from where you are presently that you don't make that initial step either out of fear or out of, um, just, you know, you don't think it's for you, anything like that. So, um, you know, I'm here to support. I, I truly am on a mission to empower moms to regain their identity, um, you know, who they want to be, throw away those skinny jeans and just love who you are. And that starts from the inside and comes out.
0: Yes. And I'm going to link up all of your links and everything in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And I want to stress to everybody that know that and I know that you are on the same page with me on this is is health is a total body thing, right? Mind, body, soul. It's not just about what you eat and exercise, but you want to take care of your entire body. You want to be sleeping, right? You want to have good emotional health. You want to take care of your mental health The mental health. I know for you as well, we never, we didn't even get into that is something that you are passionate about, you know, really, Knowing that there's a lot of stigma out there around mental health, but it's okay to seek help. It's
1: okay Encouraged it's encouraged. You can't be the best person you can be alone You cannot and you look at anybody Oprah or Gabby Bernstein anybody out there they've got teams of people that really explore to help them thrive so everybody needs a coach. I have a coach. Everybody needs a coach. A, coach. <laughs> a coach. I have a coach. You are a coach. I am a coach. Yeah. Coaching is just basically having an awesome friend who is knowledgeable about the specific things that you struggle with. So, you know, I, I just, I love seeing women light up when they realize that they have the power inside of themselves and the confidence that grows from that is just that's why I became a health coach. So I love
0: that. Well, thank you, Eleanor, for coming on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, I'm so, I'm so honored to be asked. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much for tuning into this
0: week's episode of the inspired women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family and join us in the inspired women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.